Okay, I want to begin this morning uh, by introducing our our topic. And our topic is character building, character development. And I'm going to start by reading just a few passages from the Spirit of Prophecy and allow us to ponder those things as we are getting started this morning. We want this to be interactive, so we're inviting you to participate with us today. And uh, if you have questions that come up as we're discussing things, we want to invite you to be part of this. So raise your hand and we'll try to get a microphone to you and you can interact with the panel here. This is not meant to be um, a group of us telling you what to do. It's meant, meant to be an opportunity for us to discuss this topic of character building, character development, and to see what we can learn together. You know, our lessons this quarter have been on the topic of stewardship. And our God-given abilities and talents were given to us as something to be cared for and to be developed. And I think that character development is actually a very relevant topic for stewardship as well. And it doesn't happen to be the one for our lesson today, but it's a very relevant topic that we are responsible. And as teachers and as parents, we are also responsible for the development of the character in our students. So we have a, a, a rather large responsibility in this area. This comes from Child Guidance, page 169.2. It's very familiar to you. And this is what it says. Character building is the most important work ever entrusted to human beings. And never before was its diligent study so important as now. The theme of our conference is what? Education for such a time as this. And when you think about that theme, now we're saying character building is a very important topic. In fact, it's the most important work ever entrusted to us. And it deserves more study now than it ever deserved before. And there's a reason for that. Never was any previous generation called to meet issues so momentous Never before were young men and young women confronted by perils so great as confront them today. <clears throat> Reading this statement, I would believe that Ellen White had read yesterday's newspaper and just wrote this. That's what I would tend to believe. Because the words she used seem to apply more to us today than even probably when she wrote them. And it goes on to say, next paragraph, paragraph 3, here is your work, parents. And I would include teachers. We kind of act like parents, don't we? When we're teaching, we're kind of like local parenthes. So parents and teachers, to develop the characters of your children in harmony with the precepts of the Word of God, this work should come first. For eternal interests are here involved. The character building of your children is of more importance than the cultivation of your farms. Mm. 
more essential than the building of houses to live in. Hmm. Or of prosecuting any manner of business or trade. So if you want to arrange your life and line up your priorities, it seems what this is saying is this should be in first place. So put it above farming, put it above building, put it above business. Okay, that's the foundation now. Now that we've set the foundation in place of our discussion, um, I, I would like to begin this morning with our panel and um, ask the question, knowing that this is of primary importance, and, and knowing that we're on this journey already, all of us know that character is important. And we're trying to build character in our students and our staff. How do we do more? How do we do better in this area than what we have done till now? Doug, help us. Early in our experience at Heritage Academy, um, we we felt like we would be successful if we brought in many highly capable speakers. And we did that for, I think, about two years. And we found that the, the character of our students, their spiritual experience, was like a roller coaster. It would rise, you know, when we have the speaker in. Shortly after the speaker's gone, it falls until our next speaker just up and down and up and down. It was very frustrating. And <clears throat> one one summer we were just um, really, you know, commiserating and, you know, struggling and, and praying about this. And we came across, uh, we saw a sermon and we came across a passage in Steps to Christ. The passage in Steps to Christ talks about um, what's commonly called a lap dog. No, that was the sermon. Um, the sermon was about a lap dog. Um, the idea is that we have these nice little tiny dogs, and they're like cats. You keep them in your lap, and you pet them, and you you shower them with affection. They don't do anything significant, and they just become just real pudgy. And <clears throat> Ellen White likened the experience of just coming and listening and drinking in all this spiritual food to a person who comes to a table and sits and eats and eats and eats, but never leaves the table. All they do is eat. And, you know, she, she's, she makes the statement that the same inaction that that would bring about the same physical condition that we would experience physically, we experience spiritually when we are not ministering to others. And, and so for us, in our, in our experience, that was the turning point. We recognized that we had to have a program of outreach. And so from that point, we intentionally taught students how to share their faith with others and put students in the community, interfacing with people. Um, and, and that was, from that point, we have always experienced spiritual growth. Okay, so uh, what I'm hearing is that activity and engagement is a part of character building. 
Harriet, how do we how do we get to the point where we're making progress in this area? Well, at least one area is, I think, helping the students to have something personally to share so that they have developed a, a um, I hate to say a plan, but part of their, their life becomes studying on their own, having a personal devotional life. Um, teaching them how to study the Bible, how to pray. I mean, you would think that by the time they were ninth graders, um, that would all be part of their life. But most of our students come, I mean, they all come from Adventist homes, and yet most of them have never had a personal devotional life. And so it's very basic to their growth to develop a relationship with Jesus. And it comes more, you know... Unfortunately, even teenagers learn how to study for tests and how to do homework. And they don't, they study for Bible class, most of them, with that end point in mind. And so it can't be just the fact that they have good Bible classes, as important as those are. Um, it's, it's teaching them how to have a one-on-one -on -one relationship. Okay, so I'm hearing that we need more engagement and outreach and, and, and involving young people in that. I'm hearing that we need to encourage their spiritual, personal, devotional life so that they can enhance their connection with God. Um, Dr. Beardsley, I want to ask you this morning, you, you see the world church, and, and you've been here with us, you've seen what we're talking about. You have a broader view of this problem than we do. What is, what is your perspective as you see the world church and the education happening around the world? And uh, you have read these quotes like we have many times before. And you are out there in the, in the field trying to see how we can encourage this to happen to better. What does, what does your experience in that realm teach you? Not only within Adventist education, but in education at large, we share the same goals. As I mentioned yesterday with Elizabeth Duncan and Isadora Duncan in the school that was started, Marie and her, there are many schools that want to do the same thing, which is develop the whole person. And so they have a variety of activities just like we do. Perhaps some of you are familiar with the Waldorf schools started by Rudolf Steiner and Anthroposophy, or Theosophy is another branch. They all want to develop the whole person, and they use the same types of activities that we do, music and expressive um, arts and, and uh, skits and outdoor activity and play and so on. But the fundamental difference is what is the source of true enlightenment? Is it within the person that you're drawing out by these activities, or is it something that comes from the outside in. And so I think of Romans 12, too, being transformed by the renewing of your mind, not an internal drawing something that's already there in the humanistic sense, but a drawing in through God's Spirit. And our task then as educators, as uh, both of you have said in other ways, is to bring the student in contact with, with God, with Christ. And it's that transforming and integrating influence that ties together all of these elements and allows it to bloom. 
around the world, I see the greatest challenge of being uh, clear about what the source of true knowledge is and the rightful place of scripture and the rightful place of, of godly, committed, Seventh-day Adventist teachers. Too many places we are forgetting what our real purpose is and we just focus on the academics. And then we think we can buy experts in this area, chemistry or math or physics or whatever that area is, and transmit knowledge. But that's not what we're about. Uh, we have to resist those the, the trends of the time to just make learning knowledge and keep true to holistic development and what the source of holistic development is, and that's God. I, I want to read a statement, and, and you, you, you kind of beat me to this a little bit, and I'm glad for that because it gives good context for this. Um, and um, this is what the statement says. In every generation and in every land, the true foundation for character building has been the same. The principles contained in the Word of God. The only safe and sure rule is to do what God says. Now, Dr. Cavanis, you, you work just a few miles north of us here, and you're involved in a university setting. Now, that's a little higher level than most of us are at. We're at the elementary and secondary level. But... Uh, and you're teaching in a field that is not necessarily what we would consider religious in nature because it's, it's the field of science. But as you have been here and you have experienced and, and, and listened to this group, I think I heard you say that you've been pondering how to put some of those things to work in your classroom. Tell us how you see character development coming in and, and as, as part of, this, even the science curriculum. So let me say first that I really appreciate the focus that we have chosen for this morning for our time together because character development should be, this is our highest work. And Steve, you used the, the expression, I've been involved in higher education, but really the highest education is what mm. we're talking about right okay. now. Okay, amen. And the content must be secondary. I've appreciated the focus of the presentations that we've uh, been blessed with in this time. And it, it requires perhaps a, a reorientation because we are so often content-oriented. And that's particularly true in a university. Uh, there, there's content that the students need. They, they need this in order to move to the next step. And it's it's a, a progression. If you don't have this, you can't do the next step. But uh, this is not the main thing. And the main thing is to come closer to the Lord. And if we have all the learning, all the knowledge, all the wisdom in this content, that's not true wisdom. That's not the goal. So uh, to keep that focus in mind it is a real challenge, and I, I appreciate the chance to be involved in these meetings because it brings me back on focus. Um, I've had a couple of thoughts uh, 
related to this. How can we make sure that what's important, what's critical, doesn't get, get lost in the multitude of details? And I keep coming back to uh, Dr. Saman's morning devotions. Christ's way. If we follow Christ's way of education, if we learn, if we sit at the, at the feet of the Master, then we can't, we can't go wrong. But if we follow our own wisdom, our, the, the methods, uh, the pedagogical methods which uh, have been derived elsewhere, then we can't have true success. And so uh, character development or any aspect of knowledge, we need to learn from, from Jesus. We need, to, we need to let the Spirit work through us. Otherwise, we labor in vain. So, yes. The, the big, um, probably epiphany is the best way to describe it, is we often think of witnessing, um, because that's what Dr. Simon's book is about, um, as meeting a total stranger and then sharing our faith, perhaps leading them to a commitment. But that's not the thrust. The, I mean, the whole, the whole point is that we are constantly in the presence of these students, and these students are our mission field. And, and they're the ones who should be the object of our prayers. And, and we should be praying for opportunities to speak to them, to understand their heart, to look for the keys to their hearts so that we can reach them. And, you know, Jesus, Jesus gave kind of a simple formula in John 13 that by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. And, and so simply if we're manifesting a love for the students, if we manifest that we are seeking to gain eternal life for them, that changes the whole atmosphere and effect and power of our school. It, it gives an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to work, and it, it not only affects us internally, but it enables our school to affect those who live around us. So in my Sabbath school class, I normally teach a Sabbath school class when I'm home in uh, Savannah, Tennessee. Um, but uh, I've been known to meddle. And, and I'm sorry this morning to do this, but I think we really need to, uh, to ask ourselves this question. We've kind of opened up a topic. We've seen that it's the most important work ever given to us. And we've talked about some of these aspects of the devotional life and the knowledge that we give them, make sure it's a knowledge from the Bible and make sure we're going to the real foundation of these issues. But last night when I sat here, I had a little revelation as I was listening to Chester Clark kind of uh, lead us through some of the history of education and bring us to where we are and showing us the formation and the total picture of this whole thing. And one of the things I heard him say, and he's not here to defend himself this morning, so he'll have to forgive me if I got it wrong. But one of the things I heard him say was that 
there is an emotional and um, experiential side to this thing. It's not just the knowledge, and it's not. It's, it, there, there is a, a mental issue here for sure, but it's not just that. It's not just the physical, but there's this other side too that we often don't pay as much attention to. And the question I want to ask this morning is how is my character? And as we ponder what we want to do for the students and this high and lofty goal that we want them to reach of having a character like Christ. Because another thing that I heard Chester say last night was he was asking the question in a way that was causing me to ponder. What does, what does our relationship with the students need to be so that they can understand that we are also on a journey? I'm going to be just honest this morning. I have not yet arrived where I want to be with my character. Okay? And even though I would like that to be different, I would like to sit here this morning and say, you know, I, I, I'm really close to where I think I ought to be. I'm just going to tell you honestly, that's not true. I don't think I where, I'm where I want to be, and I know I'm not where God wants me to be. And this morning, as we're talking about character development, I want you to take the opportunity to reflect personally. And I think we need to be more open and vulnerable with each other. Because it's where our growth can come. And it's actually one of the reasons I appreciate coming to events like this. Because I can talk to other people that are on the same journey. You know, when you're in your institutional setting, you have a responsibility to, quotes, advertise your school in the right way and to talk to people about certain ways that things are going. And, and you don't really like to hang out the dirty linen, you know? And I don't think that's necessarily what we should be doing. But there's a time when we need to be very real with each other. And we need to help each other along the way. And this morning, as we're talking about character building, I want us to reflect not just on what we want for our students, but I want us to honestly reflect on what we want for ourselves. And as we discuss these principles of character development, I want to take a moment to just ponder for me, is this where I am? Is this what I'm doing? Is my devotional life what I really want it to be? Am I spending the time with God, letting Him speak to my soul so that what Elder Saman says is true? That I can leave that spot and I can go forth and I can say, yes, Jesus is real to me today and I have something that's bubbling over and it's flowing out of me. And it's going to affect the people that I come in contact with. Or am I getting up in the morning in such a rush and a hurry to get to the next task that what's coming out of me is not Jesus? So I'm just going to be real with, at least from my standpoint, and I'm going to invite you to think about that as we talk together about we, this thing of character development. It would be easy for us today to sit and think about our students and just a list of things we want them to do and a list of things we want them to be. 
But I want us to reflect this morning on what is that saying to me personally? What does God have in mind for me personally? And what areas does he want me to grow personally so that I am actually the example I need to be? And, and things are just flowing out of me. It's not, not forced out of me, but it's flowing out of me in such a way that it's evident that I'm not disconnected from the source of character. I resonate with that a lot, Steve. Um, I ponder that often. There's a quotation that I re- try to remind myself of often. Um, and it says that um, as a teacher, we must be what we want our students to become. That's hard. Um, you know, personally, I was con- very convicted this morning um, in, in the morning devotion. Um, sometimes your schedule can be so full. I'm speaking personally. My schedule can be so full that I feel like, you know, I just can't do any more. Um, and at the same time, uh, I think it, once I get to the destination that I need to get to and begin doing what I'm doing, then it's like I gain energy. Um, so I need, I need God to help me in the getting from here to there. Um, to not uh, let what seems to be more than I can handle, I didn't realize that everything's more than I can handle, but God um, can give us what we need. Okay. Steve, could I okay. add something to that? Absolutely. I just was, uh, some of that thought was reverberating in my mind, and uh, I remembered an experience this week in my class. And this can highlight how I personally should be bringing in what's important as well as just the content. So in my Issues in Physical Science and Religion class, we have been talking about the limits of logic, and I shared some of these ideas with with this group. Uh, So if if we see how human reasoning is limited, Well, to start with, we have to talk about how our reasoning process works and how we build knowledge. So there's one, I guess we'd have to say, uh, some content piece that needs the students need to acquire here. So this is a word, and I don't know if you've heard this word before, but it's tautology. So a tautology is something that's self-evidently true true under all circumstances, no matter what the pieces are that go into it, the different options, it's always true. And uh, I showed them this on a truth table, so we had uh, some background to cover. But I have a favorite example of a tautology, something that's always true. And uh, there, there are many examples that we could use um, some silly little ones, which would be like, it will rain until it stops raining. You know, uh, that, yeah, that, you haven't shared any new information. Uh, it will, 
it will rain until it stops, or uh, how far is it to my destination? Well, it's twice halfway. Yeah. Uh, again, no extra information, it's always true. But there's, there's one little illustration which I have found to be really useful. And it brings out a spiritual thought suddenly, right in the middle of this higher education. And I was just thinking, I need to, I need to actively promote that sort of example. <laughs> the bad news is, in the course of listening to the good thoughts, I lost the example that I was going to share. <laughs> but I need to do more to uh, make sure that my examples, like Christ's examples, not only stick in the mind, but help for character building. Can I comment on that as well? I love that quote, that teachers need to possess symmetrical, well-balanced characters. They need to be neat and dressed and careful in all their habits. They need to possess true Christian courtesy, and they have to be themselves what they expect their students to be. And I often tell teachers that. Teachers are core of the enterprise. I'd like to just regress for a moment and tell you about the director of ADRA in South America, uh, in, in Peru at the time. And I was in Miraflores one time, staying in their home, coming back from the University of Peru. And they lived in a place that faced the harbor. And I went out at night on the balcony, and there were all these shipping containers out there. And he told me, was standing there, and he told me that that week one of his country directors had been held at gunpoint, he and his wife, and they were robbed. And he told me that he had to get, I don't remember how many tons from, he said, those ships, I have to get X number of tons every year from the water distributed all throughout the country. Every day he was facing some crisis or another food shortages, disasters, violence, caring for people. And so I, I asked him, Ronald, how can you keep up with this pace, this tremendous pressure all the time? And he said, one thing I do is every year I take a full month vacation. He had two little girls that are now grown up. And he said, I take a full month vacation with my family. He said, I was asked, just before I was leaving for vacation, to go, there was a a hurricane in, I think it was Haiti, and he speaks French. So he was asked to go there, and he said, I said, no, in the face of that tremendous crisis. But he said, if I don't care for myself and my family, I can't continue doing this work. And I know many of you, and I know myself, we're so conscientious. We want to do everything. We want to provide the very best role model for our students, and we push and push. We push ourselves to physical limits as well. But part of that symmetrical character is learning to take time for our family, to rest, to sleep, to have recreation, and not have the go button all the time. While we are to be ourselves, what we want our students to become. We are not God. We're not Christ. We are human beings, and we have to learn how to say no sometimes, how to put limits, how to have that balance, because this world is full of hurt and human need. There is no end to human need and hurt. And that's what the Sabbath lesson is. Yes, you work for six days, but you rest. Part of being human is 
is fellowship with our fellow believers, with God, not being a working machine all the time. So pointing them to Christ, not while we present the very best balance model we can. So I came up with that. Uh, okay. The, came back to mind. I started looking on, on my E-class site and found the, uh, the illustration for something that's perhaps self-evidently true, always true. And it's, it's a quote from Ellen White, a citation, which says, if we will spend a quiet hour, and this is the time spent with the Lord, this is, this is the most important thing, then he promises that there will be enough time for all that's important. And that's the, uh, the example I'm able to share with my class. And then we ask, perhaps that is, that promise is not only promising that we will be more effective and efficient throughout the day, but we have already done what is the most important. Mm. Okay. Harriet? As educators, we have a high and holy calling and a high ideal. And we, we know all the quotations. We can't expect our students to rise above where we are. And that, <clears throat> that certainly is a, a goal for us to, an objective to keep in mind, to keep striving for. Um, but when we're honest with ourselves, we know we haven't arrived. At least most of us. I, I, I shouldn't even speak for you all. For me, <laughs> I know I have not arrived. And, um, and I think that while we are in this process, that being transparent with our students can be very beneficial for them. Because they can look at us and may, hopefully, not always, but hopefully they don't see all the struggles we're having. And they can develop this attitude that says, well, you're up there, you don't even understand what I'm going through and why I keep failing because you're, you've already arrived. And I believe in being transparent with them, we gain more benefits than keeping up a facade, as it were. Um, when we can share the struggles that we go through and how the Lord is helping, the, the steps, the journey that we've been on, the things we've learned, it can be a huge blessing to them. And I think encourage the bonding process with our students um, because they don't sense this big difference, this distance between us and them. They understand that we realize, and often they realize more our struggles than we think they do, um, but we're just getting real with them. And I, I believe I, I can think of several situations where, um, just being able to share and has helped students to be more receptive to ideas that they can try, things that they can do to improve, uh, to, to gain victories that they haven't been gaining. And I, I think when we're told that we should be as transparent as sunlight, it, even goes into some of those areas that we would prefer were not as transparent, but our students can benefit from learning from our experience in. Okay, so let me just, uh, we, we were doing some pre-discussion yesterday afternoon here, 
And there were a few points we were making, and I don't want to skip over those this morning because we told the panel we were going to give them just a little bit of thinking about it, but we've covered several of them, so I want to review at this point. We, we kind of asked the question, how do we do better? We talked about balance, and so I appreciate that. Bring the balance in. It's so important in, in this thoughtful hour that gives that law that says, if you will do this, then this will happen, and it's always true. That thoughtful hour is an extremely important hour in our day, then, isn't it? And, um, and to look, um, we also talked in our preparation time about several other things, and I don't know that we're going to have time to cover all these, but I just want to peel them back here, and I want you to think about these topics relative to your personal journey and character development as well as to what you're trying to do for your students. And I know we have a question here, and I'm going to take it, a comment from Doug and then a question from the audience. I'm going to take those in just a minute. But I want to, want to list these so they can be a part of your thinking as we continue our discussion for just about another five minutes. So here's, here they were. We said in our preparatory time that environment was something we should really think about as we help our students towards character development. And, and so that would be a question for us as well. The environment we create for ourselves, are, are we doing that appropriately? Uh, technology has an impact on character development. How are we as staff using technology? How are we as, as teachers using our technology? Are we using it as a tool and to its best advantage? Are we letting it use us? You know, we may limit the technology for the students and but have we limited it for ourselves? Do we have limits on how much time we will spend on certain tasks, or do we let it kind of run wild and affect us in, in the other things we need to do? Um, Doug brought this out yesterday afternoon, and, and, uh, um, and it basically is an investigation, helping the students investigate by studying Daniel and Revelation because when we study Daniel and Revelation, we see the high and holy character of the redeemed and the high and holy character of our Savior. It helps us to pause and wonder, is that the kind of character that we have? And is that the kind of character we're encouraging in our students? So just think about those things. I'm going to take Doug's comment, and then we're going to go to the audience for another question. I, I just want to speak to the concept of um, personally developing character. There was, a, there was a point, it's described in Luke chapter 11, where disciples came to Jesus after he had been praying, and they said, Lord, teach us to pray the same way John the Baptist taught his disciples to pray. And then he goes through what's very familiar to us all, the Lord's Prayer. One aspect of that that's brought out in Luke chapter 11 is he said, give us this day our daily bread. And, and we might have a tendency to think low in terms of earthly things like, I need to eat. But um, he goes on, Luke does, by adding a couple illustrations. And he says, look, if you have a friend who comes over your house at midnight and you have nothing to put before him, you go to your neighbor's house and you knock on the door. But if the neighbor says, hey, look, I'm already in bed. My children are asleep. Leave me alone. If you stay there and you pound on that door, Jesus says, he will give you all the bread you need. And he's saying, you know, 
God knows how to give good things to you if if you are um, if if you continue to press, God will respond. But then he goes and he gives another example. Which of you who has a son, if they ask you for bread, would give you would give them a stone? People are not like that. So if you who are evil know how to do good for your children, so much more is your holy is your Father in heaven willing to give you the Holy Spirit when you pray for it? And so he's equating in that the asking for bread for the Holy Spirit, and that's that's the key ingredient that we've been talking about for us to be able to share our faith with our students and lead them to the kingdom. We must daily be infused with the Holy Spirit. And, and that does have to be a part of our daily routine to seek for that power. Thank you. So true. Yes, audience. Um, I have a senior this year that has been teaching me something about character development. <laughs> and, uh, well, it, it's a good thing. We, if you've ever been to Daystar Avenue Academy, there's a mesa close by. And Periot Mesa is about a thousand feet up, and he determined his principal needs to hike that mesa. And so, from the beginning of the school year, he said, "Miss Sonia, you need to go up Periot Mesa." And I said, "Dane, I don't think I can." Yes, you can, Miss Sonia. You need to go up Periot Mesa. And um, this senior has learned this trait from one of our staff members who likes to challenge our kids, and the, he takes them on five-day backpacking trips through our mountains, twenty-six miles up and down passes and peaks, and I can't say that I could do that either. Uh, but anyway, he he's learned that doing these challenges is good for him, so he thinks it's good for me too. And um, so I told him, okay, before Christmas break, I'll try. I'll make an effort. And I did. I got three-fourths of the way up. And then uh, it got too dark, and so I needed to turn around. He said, Miss Honey, you didn't do it. You're going to have to do it next time. Uh, so what I'm trying to say is teaching them how to tackle challenges and encouraging them that these challenges are part of character development. And I, I think is probably one of the greatest things I've learned about just this school year. Um, it, it's not the cushy life that really character de develops my character. If my life was easy, my character would not go very far. Um, so in, anyway, in the realm of character development, I just want to um, challenge us that we need to be willing to face challenges with our kids and show them how to go through it and be willing to face their challenges they give us too. <laughs> okay. Well, we're really out of time, and that's unfortunate because this topic continues to, uh, I think it should continue to be something we think about, pray about, and discuss, and even open up with your students and just say, let's sit down and talk about character development. Let's talk about what this means and how we can progress in this area. You know, as I look at myself, I agree with the writing here in Matthew chapter 19. And uh, this is what Jesus said. With men, this is impossible. But he didn't leave them there. He said, but with God all things are possible. That means that it is possible for God to continue to transform my character day by day. And the other text that I like is in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Being confident 
of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So let's take the word of God for the way it reads. Trust him to help us as teachers and administrators to continue to develop our characters. Let's be transparent with our students. Let's engage them in a conversation. Let's talk about taking this journey together of becoming more and more like our Savior. Thank you this morning for your participation. And uh, I'm going to ask Dr. Beardsley if she would close out the prayer for us this morning. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you have revealed yourself to us through the Word and that you revealed yourself through your Son. We pray that you would continue to do this good work, and we praise you for the gift of salvation that is ours full and free. And we pray that we might continue to generously share that with our students. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.